I had a bit of a discussion with someone on Twitter, and I'm going to try and say their name, and I apologize in advance for totally butchering this. Uh, Marcin Ignac, the founder of Variable and one of the uh, people who created the Nodes visual programming language, which I think is a very, very cool environment. They did some really interesting work in the design of this language. They've published some really good design documentation as part of the initial release of the tool. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes if you haven't seen it, because it's really good stuff, really good thinking about how to do a node wire visual programming language kind of in the modern era, reflecting on you know a lot of the tools that have come before. And they've tuned it really well to their particular use case, which is creating generative visualizations, a lot of them 3D with really neat shading and animation, sort of like the stuff you see people doing in Houdini. But I think uh, what they're doing is more real-time oriented, really cool generative art, really stylish. And the programming tool is equally stylish and interesting and and feels generative in its own way. And so uh, I think there's a really nice sort of harmony between the tool and, and the work you do with it. Anyways, uh, Marcin and I had a little discussion on Twitter about what are good ways to do abstraction or grouping or subgraphs in visual programming languages. And so I said I would take this episode to just share some of my thoughts about what to me feels bad and what might feel good about the different approaches you can take doing subgraphs and abstraction. So just uh, something I've covered on the show before, but I'll just go over it again very briefly. In Hest, I don't actually have any sort of abstraction mechanism right now, just because I haven't hit on something that feels to me like it honors the principles behind Hest and behind what my goals are for that project and the uh, the kind of experience that I want to create. And so some of those principles are things like um, when you are executing HEST code, you're seeing abstract representations of your data move along the wires, and you as the artist or the author or programmer, whatever you think of yourself as, using HEST are in total control over the passage of time, forward and backward. And so the rate at which points of data move through your graph and how they are executed is something you drive. You are participating in the execution. And so what that means is you are responsible for sort of following the progression of your data through the program. And to me, you're responsible for the progression of the data through your program, regardless of what kind of a programming environment you're using. But rare is the environment that actually shows you your data and shows you how it evolves. And rare is the environment that asks you to participate in that process. And so something that I really want to honor as I'm designing abstraction mechanisms and other sort of things you traditionally do in programming rather than the things you traditionally do in graphics. As I'm designing those things, I want to make sure that everything I'm doing is sort of honoring that goal of involving the, the, the programmer in the execution of their program. So when it comes to things like abstraction, one of the things I really don't want to do is anything that would take your data and instantly transport it to somewhere else. So I don't want there to be cases where you're following some data and then it just disappears, or that you're following some data and then in order to continue following it, the whole context of the program that you're looking at needs to change. 
So any sort of abstraction mechanism that is about creating an entirely separate graph that is not physically connected to the graph that you are currently looking at um, is kind of a no-go. Like there are some ways that that could work, um, but there's nothing that I've hit upon yet that feels like a slam dunk where you are taking some complexity, maybe it's like a repeated pattern that is, you know, copy-pasted in a bunch of places and wrapping that up into something like a function, something that is abstracted along a certain axis so you can do it over and over and over again with different inputs and get different outputs. Or something that is complex just because there's a lot of moving parts to it, so to speak, and you want to wrap it up into something that is self-contained and has a name, and you can just think about it at a sort of a surface level and not have to think about all that inner machinery. So there's that like information hiding aspect, that sort of encapsulation, like we're you know wrapping a little safety bubble around this code or a little you know blur bubble so that you don't have to really think about it so much in in full rigorous detail. There's that, but then there's the also you know wanting to avoid repetition. And there's a couple of other reasons to do abstraction, to do subroutines, to do subgraphs, that kind of thing. Um, but those those two are the two main ones. And so the the things that to me would feel really good are things that let you push that extra detail that you don't want to care about right away into the background, but not break the spatial metaphor. And so the spatial metaphor that you get from a visual programming language, at least a, you know, a good one, is that the relationships between things in space are something that you have some control over. So there's this sort of like, like the thing I don't like, one of the suggestions I see a lot is, um, hey, these these node wire graphs are messy, so let's just do some kind of like force-based auto layout, you know, where we'll dynamically rearrange your graph um, so that none of the lines cross or we can minimize line crossings or so that, you know, the nodes are all like evenly spaced apart so they're not like bunched up or, or sprawled out. And I think that that is the devil. Like that is absolutely the wrong way to go. I'm not opposed to tools that help with layout so if the user wants to they can select some nodes and say like hey clean up the spacing on these nodes or hey like snap all these nodes so they're aligned so that the um the wires going between them are more straight or something like that like those kind of like little helper tools that are tools are good but uh, some people propose like you know we're just going to force layout your graph all the time so that there's no mess and to me that's the that's the exact opposite of what you want. You want the ability to like use the structure and the arrangement of your code in space as an extra means of visual communication, as an extra means of imbuing information about what the program does and communicating with yourself or with other people about how to think about this program. And so I think when it comes to abstraction mechanisms, you got to do the same kind of thing. you got to think about, is this abstraction mechanism something that is leveraging the same kind of visual communication in the same way. So you don't want to do things that like break context. So if you can find a way to wrap things up and and hide their details, but keep them in the same space, that's good. And so some, some things that I've seen that do a good job of this are um, some visual programming languages will let you collapse Uh, you know, like select a bunch of nodes and then collapse them into a single node. And it kind of, you know, pulls all their inputs together and threads all their outputs so that it's like it behaves as one node. But when you look at that node closely, it's actually like a little window into the full graph. And so you can kind of like by by changing the size of that node, see more or less of what's going on inside it. 
in the same space, on the same canvas. So it's not going to another window. It's not a completely separate page or tab to like think of it like a browser. Like you're not, you know, um, doing a full context switch to go from one to the other. But you do get the benefit of like um, hiding that inner stuff when you don't want to see it. Now that works well for the hiding part, but what about for reuse and what about for um, avoiding repetition and getting away from like, you know, I just copy paste this little cluster over and over and over again. Um, that one is a little bit harder because to do that, to do a good job of that, and especially like for what I want to do in Hest where it's about, you know, keeping the, the programmer engaged in the act of execution at a very, very fine grained way, it kind of ties into like, how do you think about what data is and how you're depicting data and what data means? And like, that's, this gets really fuzzy because it's, it's something where like, for instance, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that uh, HCI folks and people researching uh, like programming by example, programming by demonstration, uh, direct manipulation, um, like bi-directional evaluation, like stuff like what Sketch and Sketch, uh, what those folks are doing, um, a lot of Brett Victor's work. Like there's a lot of thought that has gone into taking programming and distilling out the symbolic reasoning and having to play compiler in your head and and all that bad stuff by turning it into interactions with concrete representations of like literal versions of your data. So if you're manipulating an image or something, you're looking at the image. Um, if you're manipulating a sound, you are hearing the sound. That kind of like, like let's do direct manipulation on a, on a virtual but literal representation of whatever your domain is. And, and I think that works for a limited subset of things. And a lot of these projects seem to run into trouble as soon as they try and do something that's not about like vector graphics, like points and lines in space kind of thing, or like, you know, things that are very image-like in their nature. And so for something like what Marcin is working on with, uh, with the nodes, visual programming language, this might not be a big deal because it's, it's a visual programming tool for making visuals. It's very much about that. So there might not be this problem there. But with Hest, I'm trying to build an environment that is useful for visual things like animation and interactivity and game design and that sort of thing. But I, I also want it to be very suitable for things that aren't nicely, literally representable. So for instance, like nonlinear music composition, like there's not really a good way to do that in a visual canvas on a, on a screen. Um, you can use like, you know, staff notation, but that's very much designed for like, like very linear music composition. So um, as soon as you want to start doing this kind of more abstract work, you need some more abstract representations. And so I'm going hard on the side of making it as nice as possible to work with an abstracted version of your data. And so I'm very comfortable with the idea that you're not direct manipulating, you know, vertices of some vector graphic. Your vector graphic lives inside a single data point, and that data point contains the data for the vector graphic. And what you are seeing is it move through a graph of transformations, and you control that process, and you can peek into the contents of your data point and see what is happening to that vector but you are not manipulating that vector graphic directly. You're not manipulating your composition data directly. You're working with, 
you know, things that are much more variable like um, in a very traditional kind of way where you're stuffing some data into a bucket and the bucket doesn't care what that data is. And so I'm just trying to make like a really, really nice bucket. So all of that is to say when it comes to the kind of abstraction that is about like the, the you know, the, the truer sense of the meaning of abstraction where it's like we're, we're introducing a new name for a concept or we're taking something that is um, very concrete and we're trying to make it more general and so that it can, you know, serve a broader purpose than just the singular purpose that it has when it's a, a concrete thing. Um, the way to do that is going to be so much more about what kind of data you're working with and what the experience of working with that data should be. Um, and so this is this is the area where in Hest, I really, I don't have a strong sense of what to do about that. And so for visual programming languages much more generally, I don't know that there's a, there's a good easy answer to that. So that's, that's, I think, why most visual programming languages probably just go with the idea of, you know, like, like what Max has with B patcher or whatever it is, where it's like, you just make a separate file and you carve up a little region of that separate file that can be shown um, externally and you use like presentation mode or whatever to, to expose some interface elements and hide some implementation wires and what have you. And it's, it, to me, it's very unsatisfying because it, it makes me want the, the tools to be much richer than what those mechanisms usually afford. Like, um, you can have, you know, B patcher and it can, you can see a node inside there and you can't actually wire up to it because it's just like a, a bitmap of that node is what comes through. It's not the actual node. Or, or another example is when you have these abstraction mechanisms, often you can go and drill into them, but what you see isn't a live thing anymore. It's just like the inert version of the thing and the actual live version with the real data flowing through it is like invisible and inaccessible you can only go edit the definition you can't actually go and see like in context the expanded version with the real data that that specific version has so i think if you're doing this as much as possible think about the spatial benefits that you get from being on a free canvas with nice graphical tools and representations in the first place and try and honor that with whatever you're doing to wrap things up and and hide things or 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 simplify them or, or put a, a label on them so that they're easier to think about. Um, honor, honor that visual character. And then also try and make it so that when you actually have one of those things, um, any, any affordance that you have for connecting things together or showing live data, make sure that works when you actually go and, and have one of those collapsed nodes and, and, and ask yourself, you know, hey, what's actually happening inside this specific collapsed node right here? Let me see what's going on inside that one. And if there's another, you know, instance of that same abstraction just over to the side and you go look inside that one over there, it should be different. You should be able to see both of them at the same time and see the real data that is in each of them, not just the like the one abstracted definition that has no liveness to it, no actual real data in it. I'll throw in one more bonus thought. Uh, one of my favorite things about Max and Pure Data is that their tutorials are just patches <laughs> and they're live running and you can go into the tutorials and, and play with the stuff that's in there. And a lot of live programming environments have done this. They make their tutorials just other instances of the live environment. And I think that's wonderful. And so um, 
one of the things that I'd love to see more of is when you have an abstraction mechanism that is about, you know, taking some existing part of the graph and wrapping it up into a little, you know, contained thing and slapping a name on it or whatever. One of the things that I want to be able to do, in addition to opening up an instance and having that instance have the actual live data, is open up the definition and play with that definition, like to feed in some test data or something like that, to play with the definition and sort of um, and and drive it and and figure out what it does from inside without having to go and situate it in some context and feed it the thing. So if there's some way to have the other side of this relationship, where it's not just about take an existing instance and go and see what data that instance has, but to then also go to the definition and and play with it on its own and, and feed it some pretend data and test its behavior, I think that would be a really nice thing to do also. And just because I'm throwing out bonus ideas, I'll throw out one more. If anybody is doing an abstraction where you can have a little window inside the, the subgraph or whatever to choose what to expose to the outside, in addition to being able to actually hook up wires to nodes that are visible in that little windowed view, um, which I think is sort of like table stakes, uh, other things that would be really nice would be to have that little window be resizable both from inside and outside and for that to be programmatic so you can hook up like a node either on the inside or the outside of that windowed view and control properties of that window. Um, I think for metaprogramming reasons, that's really nice to be able to do. But then to also, especially on the inside, think of that little window like a scratch pad. Like if that window that you're making this little abstracted version is the interface to this abstraction, from the inside, you should be able to play with it and kick the tires on it uh, without having to go and situate it somewhere outside. So that's just another example of like wanting to be able to play with the definition as a live thing, not just as some like, you know, butterfly pinned up on the on the wall. It should be something that is as live and as playful as the entire rest of your programming environment.